Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Catherine Pierce, and I am the Poet Laureate for the State of Mississippi. Welcome to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, a podcast where poetry comes alive for listeners. Across the country and the world, poets are writing right now and creating vibrant, important poems that enlighten, entertain, challenge, and comfort. Some of these incredible poets are writing right here in Mississippi. Each episode of the Mississippi Poetry Podcast will feature a different poet with Mississippi connections. We'll hear a poem, chat a bit, and maybe learn a fun fact or two. I'm thrilled to have Charlie Braxton on the podcast today. Charlie Braxton is the author of three volumes of verse, Ascension from the Ashes from Blackwood Press, Cinders Rekindled from Jawara Press, and Embers Among the Ashes, Poems in a Haiku Manner, also from Jawara. His poetry has been published in various anthologies, including Trouble the Water, edited by Jerry Ward, In the Tradition, edited by Ross Baraka and Kevin Powell, Step Into a World, edited by Kevin Powell, Roll Call, edited by Tony Medina, Soul Fires, edited by Rohan Preston and Daniel Weiderman, Fertile Ground, edited by Keisha N. Brown and Kalamu Yasalam, and Bum Rush the Page, the Def Jam Poetry Anthology, edited by Tony Medina and Louis Reyes. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about poems with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Anytime I get to talk about poetry is a good time. I feel the same way. So thank you. I'm really glad to have you on. So I always like to start the podcast off with a non-poetry question because I like to, for listeners to get to know our poets as people and also because I like to get to know our poets as people. So here's my question for you. What is your favorite season and why? Summer. I like the heat. I don't like cold weather. I'm a, I'm a Southerner. So <laughs> summer is always good. The only drawback for summer is the humidity. Yeah, we have a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, we certainly do. Yes. I think I feel the same way. I would pick summer first, too. I'd say the other drawback is the, um, the mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got some big ones here, too. We do. We do. But otherwise, yeah, I am. I'm totally on board with that. All right. So what are you going to be reading for us today? Today, I'm going to read a poem called Songs That Are Sacred and Pure. And it's a poem I wrote for Toni Morrison. Um, And uh, we will start now. We live in a constrict space, a place where there is more love for the wicked than there is rest for the weary. And yet, We do sing, we do shout, we do chant. And when our tongues are tired with the pain that is tethered to the deep souls of our ancestors, we do hum, we do moan and groan our work songs that are as yet untitled. We do this black magic music to ensure that the circle remains unbroken and that the memories of our beloveds remain sacred and pure. 
Thank you so much for reading that. You're Could you share something about the writing of that poem, whether it's what you were thinking about as you wrote it or something about the craft of it or just anything to kind of contextualize it for listeners? Well, I mean, as you know, Toni Morrison is the uh, great Pulitzer Prize winning novelist um, that uh, had died um, not too long before me crafting this poem. But what really brings this poem together for me, I was talking to uh, Michael Picard, who is a professor at Millsaps, and he was asking me about slashes in poetry. I think uh, he had, was teaching a poem to one of his classes and the author had used slashes and he asked me about it. And I said, you know, um, slashes in many ways can be used almost as measures or as a guide for the reader. And I, you know, I said, you know, I couldn't think of a poem that illustrated that. So I said, you know what, I'll just write one and show them to it. And, you know, it turned out to be that poem. And, um, that poem actually has gotten a really good response. Um, it was published in an um, art catalog for an exhibit called The Dirty South, which is this huge collection of Southern artists, uh, including several Mississippi artists. And the um, curator, um, I sent it out. I, I occasionally send poems out to my poet friends. I think now I sent one to you just to say, hey, Tell me if it sucks, if it's good, you know. And she said, oh, no, this is really good. In fact, I want to use it um, for the exhibit. And I said, sure, go ahead. And um, that's how that poem was born. That's the genesis of that poem. I love when different kinds of art are in conversation with each other, right? Like that poem is in conversation with Toni Morrison's work and the poem is also in conversation with visual art and the, just like all these different sort of layers there. That's one of my favorite things the poems can do, I think, is the way it can kind of speak across genre of art yeah, that I'm really just, I'm really compelled by. Um, and I loved hearing you read that poem too, because the way, because I read that poem on the page and I'd seen where the slashes were, but hearing you read it, you really hear the way that breath is used in that poem. Like you were saying, the measure, like just sort of the way that the, the where the slashes are kind of marking where the, the breath happens and kind of standing in as like a guide for a reader, I guess, who maybe isn't going to be hearing you read the poem, but in visually kind of engaging with it in that way can internalize that same kind of um, pacing, I guess, is kind of what it exactly. is. Exactly. And, and see, one of the things that also, um, I wrote haikus. My last book was a collection of haikus. And as you well know, haikus are, uh, American haikus are 16 syllables. But traditional Japanese haiku are actually about breath. So I was thinking about that when I was crafting the poem, too, uh, and as you can see, it's a very it's a very visual point. It's designed to look like a piece of art. Right. You, you, you see what I'm saying? While at the same time, be something that can be spoken. So you kind of think I, I, I try to when I teach children poetry, I try to tell them, think of poems as word music. So if you think of it as word music, then it becomes easy because everybody knows how to sing everybody understands music. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to think about that. 
And I think too, I mean, thinking about working with kids on poetry, I think that young people are are such fantastic poets. And I talk to my college students about this a lot. I think that we, in a lot of ways, older poets have to get back. We have to sort of unlearn some of what we've learned as adults and kind of go back to when we were younger before we learned cliches and before we learned what we were supposed to be saying, right? And just kind of thought in terms of what was accurate, what felt real. And so that's something I, yeah, I love that. I always think about that. That's a great way to describe it too. And and children are fearless when it comes to expressing themselves. Um, And and, and they inspire me. My grandchildren inspire me. Again, poetry is, adults, we tend to think of, oh, it's so complex. Uh, A friend of mine was like, I don't like poets. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? I'm a poet. And he's like, no, you're just all so deep and you're so (laughs) complex. I don't understand it. And I said, actually, if you really read poetry and it can mean whatever you want it to mean, it doesn't have to necessarily mean what I want you to think it means. It's for your interpretation. And I think, too, you know, poets and any writer, we're, we're not there when somebody's reading the poem that we write usually, right? We might be in the room, but probably we're not going to be. So, right, people are going to kind of sit with that and have their own experience with it. And so we can do our best to put on the page what we're thinking and feeling and trying to express. And then it's kind of out of our hands at that point. So, which exactly. is one of the pleasures of it, I think. So, exactly. well, so what is a piece of advice, speaking of, of young, young people writing, um, What's a piece of advice that you would give to poets who are either starting out or people who are already writing but would like to kind of hone their craft more? Be bold, be fearless, and do not let um, anyone hinder your creativity or your imagination. Um, And then, of course, the practical thing, when you can't write, read. And those things go together, I think, too. I mean, I think I know that I've learned so much from reading poets and, you know, fiction writers and nonfiction writers and playwrights that I love about about how to be brave and how to be bold as a writer. So I think there's that can be so useful, too. Thank you. That's wonderful advice. Finally, where could we find more of your work if we want to read some more poems by you or more work by you? Uh, You can get uh, my uh, latest book on Amazon. It's called Embers Among the Ashes, Poems in a Haiku Manner. Uh, you can get uh, Cinders Rekindle on uh, lulu.com. Um, my first book is out of print, but we're in the process of reprinting it. So hopefully it'll be available soon. You can also Google Charlie Braxton and Poetry and find some poems as well. So that's the best thing. It's always, I love, I love how easy it is now to just, you know, you can just track down the people whose work you love and just, just, it's all out there. So, so and we'll, we'll include links to, um, to those things on the supplemental sheet that we put out with the podcast too. So that'll be out there for folks to find. So thank you so much, Charlie Braxton, for coming on the podcast today and for sharing your work and your insights. It was such a pleasure to have you on and to get to talk with you. And thank you for having me. I enjoyed every minute of it. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, where poetry comes alive.